Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Permanent Good Podcast. We are going to be talking about the 2023 Oscar nominees. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And this is a fun little tradition that we've started where about a week before the Oscars happen or the weekend before the Oscars happen, we like to do like a little round robin and just talk about all the movies that got nominated, specifically the best picture and best animated pictures. Um, We'll touch on some of the movies that got nominated for one or two along the way, but um, we're going to highlight all of the nominees that we've watched between both of us. We've watched pretty much all of them. Um, some of us, you know, we didn't get around to all of them perfectly, but we're going to cover most of it. Um, I say we just kind of dive right into it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think we should jump into it. Hey, audience, we're going to go in and out of spoilers for most of these movies. Um, I'll try to give you a little bit of warning, but like definitely listen at your own risk. Um, or here's what you can do is watch the movies and then come back in to see what we thought, but. You're an adult or not, you know, maybe you're not an adult, but this is this is on you. Make a good decision. Okay, we are going to start with the animated pictures because there are fewer of them. Uh, the first on the list is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. We talked about this in the podcast last week. This one is a certified banger. Yeah, it's a good movie. And like we said earlier, it's like it's not a kid's movie. It's about Pinocchio. But it's not made for kids. It's just stop motion animation. Um, it's extremely well done and very beautiful. Um, and let's just—I guess we can just go over all the nominees. We're doing Guillermo del Toro's. I'm saying we're doing. We created the Oscars. They nominated Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Um, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio of these is the prettiest. It, it is objectively yes. the most beautiful. I think I'm going to dive more into Puss in Boots when we get there. But I think okay. um, P- I think Pinocchio definitely has a style that is few and far between. And it's very easy for stop motion to be done in a clunky way. And it is not done clunkily in this movie at all. So I... Definitely agree. I I think for me, Pinocchio and Puss in Boots are on par with their visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, at that point, it really comes down to taste. I think they're both. I would also say Turning equal. Red is highly stylized as well. Um, yes, but I think yeah, it, Pinocchio's got an aesthetic about it. Um, that might be like traditionally cinematic. Um, yeah. That movie is good enough that you're going to forget it's stop motion. It's just downright impressive. Um, it's a story you've never... It's it's being told in a way you've never heard before. It takes place a century later than it typically does. Um, you get to see why Pinocchio was created, which is Geppetto's son dies, and you see it. Um, it's intense. And then, obviously, Pinocchio isn't human, um, and in this movie, he dies, and you see what happens when a puppet dies, and then he comes back to life. It's it's very dramatic. It's got some existential. Yeah, it's got mature themes. It's not an adult movie, but it's it's not for you know. It's it's got. I mean, kids can watch it. A lot of it's just gonna go over their head. And like you said, it's very. It's got existential crisis. There's 
a lot of deep emotions going on. You're dealing with like the loss of a child. You're dealing with, you know, essentially forming a relationship with an adult who's grieving. You got uh, trying to discover what it is you do, um, the the roles you want to play and how the adults influence your life, where your role models come from. Um, it's wild what this movie does. Yeah, and watching Pinocchio grow up in such like a short period of time is really cool to see happen. And so one of the big plot points of this movie is that every time Pinocchio dies, he has to stay in the afterlife longer until he can come back to the living world. And eventually it gets to a point where he's died so many times where he's like, where the spirit that's keeping him is like, if you die again, that's it, bud. Like, like, You'll be here so long, it's effectively forever. And Pinocchio like uses that, effectively his last life, to save Geppetto. And watching them, watching him kind of like mature into this arc where that becomes a reasonable thing for him to do is the good part of this movie. Like, obviously, this movie is visually appealing, but in terms of like. In terms of story, um, it's very character-driven in a fun and engaging way. Because we, I enjoyed watching Pinocchio be a kid in dark times and still kind of like parse through what it means to be genuinely human. Also, story aside, the voice of Pinocchio is one of the most satisfying, angelic voices I have ever heard. Yeah, it's, and the songs in this movie are great too. They're like incredible. They, when he is, I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not a big fan of musicals. It's well documented. It, it was amazing to listen to him sing. I'm like, this is a world class child singer. This is impressive, and it's just like it was like ASMR, bro. It's like <laughs> it was nuts. And Macy said the same thing. I'm like, this kid's voice, talking and singing, is impressive. It's, it's amazing. So I think just. There's a lot of aspects of this movie are just really well done, and um, it's just beautiful to listen to, beautiful to watch. The plot is nuts. Yeah, it's nuts um, in not a bad way. It's just the you are not you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to Marcel the Shell. This is one of those movies that I think got overhyped for me personally. Um, I was really excited to see this movie. It didn't come to my theater. It wasn't available for streaming for a really long time. It it like got added to Paramount Plus like the week before we recorded this episode. And so I was finally able to sit down and watch it. And mm-hmm. this movie is very cute. It's very wholesome. It's very charming. I think the novelty wears off pretty fast. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know this was a full-length movie. I th- I saw a trailer of it. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a really cute, like short, short movie. A short. It has that like aesthetic that like Pixar will put in front of their feature films. That's like a super cute story that's six minutes long. It has that vibe. I didn't know it was full length. Yes. Um. This is a feature length adaptation, I guess, of a web series of the same name. So, um, it's made by the same creator. Um. But, you know, this previously existed as a web series. And after watching the movie, I think it still best exists as a web series. Um, I think that Jenny Slate as Marcel, I think she did very great. It's a very cute and 
just generally like heartwarming performance. But walking away from this movie, I did not feel very impacted. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't watch it, so I'm going to let you drive this ship. What do you mean by wasn't very impacted? Like, it didn't leave much of an impression? Well, kind of like what you said. So, kind of to go to what you said about, like, nothing about this movie, I think, truly justifies a full feature-length film. Mm -hmm. Um, And the gimmick, because Marcel kind of has this, like, blend of ignorance and understanding. Where, so... She's, like, aware of some culture things, but not of some very obvious real-life things. Like, um, Marcel understands... Like, Marcel watches uh, 60 Minutes every week, and he, like... It's his favorite show. He loves 60 Minutes. But he doesn't know how to use Google Maps, and he doesn't understand what YouTube is. And it was, like, this weird kind of, like, picking and choosing of where Marcel's ignorance is cute... And where Marcel's ignorance is necessary for moving the story forward. And Do you have like a general idea from watching this movie how old Marcel is? What a great question. No. If they do say it, I forgot. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because he is a shell. And Lord knows right. what the life expectancy of shells are. I just didn't know if he gave off like the personification of like an elementary schooler. Or like an elderly yes. person? It, it's it's definitely skews young. Like uh, definitely okay. that elementary school vibe. Gotcha. Um, and I personally did not connect with it in a way that I was hoping to. Um, the whole movie is about Marcel trying to find his missing family. Um, his family got accidentally packed up into a, into a suitcase one night. And they've been missing for like two years. Oh and gosh. the whole movie is like trying to find the missing family. And I, for some reason, I just like wasn't very invested in the search itself. I don't know if it's because I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like the movie, it was like weirdly high stakes for this movie. Like, oh yeah, this movie's super cute. Also, my family's missing. Like it was this weird kind of tonal shift that I didn't love. Um, At the end of the day, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's cute. I think it's worth Mm -hmm. watching. Um, the stop motion in this movie is also very good. It's a it's a hybrid movie where Marcel and all the other um, anthropomorphized objects are stop motion animation uh, blended with live action cinematography. Um, and I think that it's really cool to watch that happen. And so I think from like a film standpoint, from an art standpoint, this movie does deserve to stand out. Um, it did not entertain me as much as I wanted it to, but I still don't regret watching it. Okay, that's fair. I get that. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. You also Rules. watched this. So one good. I did not. Oh my god, so good. Um, Alex, was did so I talk over you saying like, that you didn't like it? Yeah, I didn't watch it. This oh, movie, like the first one, came out twelve years ago. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, I didn't get around to watching this one. So I did not watch the first Puss in Boots. Um, I went right into this one and I was very hesitant because I didn't watch the first one. I heard the first one got pretty mid reviews. So I was really waiting until the last minute to watch this one. Um, and this movie exceeded almost all of my expectations genuinely wholeheartedly. Um, uh, Salma Hayek is in this. She's also in the first Puss in Boots. And I didn't know that until after the fact, 
But Salma Hayek is fantastic mm-hmm. in this movie. Antonio Banderas is fantastic in this movie. Uh, John Mulaney plays the antagonist, and he's fantastic. Like he does a. Re- I really liked him in this movie. Um, and the thing that really stands out about this is two things. First is it's another movie that deals with mortality. The whole movie is about Puss in Boots has nine lives and he's down to his last life. So he puts away being an adventurer and he's like, I'm afraid of death and I don't want to face that reality. So I'm going to just not even risk it. And so you get these really cool moments of there's this death personified character, kind of like a big bad wolf type character that is chasing puss throughout the entire movie. And every time that there's an audio cue that signifies that death is around, like puss's entire demeanor changes on a dime. He goes from whatever sort of confidence and suaveness he had left to instantly terrified, genuinely fearing for his life. And watching this character that we know to be suave and, um, fearless be suddenly incredibly fearful is a really cool juxtaposition to see in this movie. And, um, this movie also takes its action sequences very seriously. Um, it does this animation trick that we've seen before in into the spider verse where when they do an act, when the, the normal movie is animated at 24 frames per second, like a normal movie. But as soon as it hits an action sequence, those frames are cut in half. It's only 12 frames per second. So that allows each frame to have more detail and intricacy in it. And it allows these really cool thematic moments that are very fluid and um, genuinely appealing to watch from start to finish. So I think me personally walking away from this, I think that Pinocchio and Puss in Boots, if we're looking at it purely from an animation standpoint, these two are like genuinely tied for creativity and effort put into it. So um, I think that if you're like, I don't want to watch Puss in Boots, it's from a dead franchise and a sequel that's 13 years too late, like, Push those things aside. If you've never watched a Shrek movie, if you've never watched Puss in Boots, like this movie deserves your attention. It's an hour 45 and I genuinely don't feel like it drags at all. It uses each of those minutes to near perfection. Good. Okay, Craig, we don't normally do this, but uh, one to 10, what are you giving it? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, my heart says eight and a half. Good grief this movie like and i cannot express how hesitant and like pessimistic i was going into this movie like this movie really shattered everything so if this movie wins i will not be surprised in the slightest all right well i guess i'll have to is it what's it streaming on right now um i think it's not fully streaming yet i think it's one of those like 20 dollar to rent things because it's still in theaters if it wins, I will watch it. Actually, because For you sure. gave it that review, I guess I'll watch it anyway. But I'm going <laughs> to wait till it's free because that's insane. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, sea Beast. You saw this one, Craig, right? I saw half of it. Okay. Yeah. So I watched this whole thing front to back with Willow and Macy. It is just, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a cool story. However, 
it is like every other story where the, the a monster gets tamed. It's the big bad monster that has wrecked villages, right? Um, and has tormented pirates. And now there's hunters who hunt the pirates. And then, of course, through a series of events, they befriend, befriend the big monster, like the monster. Um, and then the sea beast, if you will. Yeah. And then long story short, spoiler alert, at the very end, they work it out and the beasts are no longer being hunted. It is a boring plot, but the jokes and the dialogue are probably what made this movie nominated. Um, yeah. So the bits of this movie that I saw, I thought the animation was really cool. Yeah. Um, I think this, the style's okay. I don't think it's anything to write home about, but like... You can tell they took their time with this. You know, this was, um, uh, um, this was not just like a cash grab animated movie, right? Carl Urban voices the main character in this, and he does. A I very love Carl Urban. Yeah, he does a um, very good job. And there's something to be said about like the um the stubborn man and optimistic little girl dynamic that we get mm-hmm. a lot of. You know, that works for a reason. I just think that this movie didn't stand out enough for me personally to get fully invested in it. Um, I think it's gorgeous. And I I think what would make me go back to it is like the world design. Like I'm just looking through some of these images right now and like the designs that they give some of like the smaller creatures, like the creatures on the island, like Mm -hmm. I thought those were really fun and cool to look at. But like you said, the story, you could see where it's going very early on. And once I kind of picked up on that, I just like wasn't really in the mindset to carry it through to the end. Yeah, I mean, visually there is some really cool stuff, um, but I think are cool shots. I don't think it was like Pinocchio where like you can just pause the screen and look at it. Um, I think there's some angles I haven't seen before. Like for instance, there's one where like the sea beast is underwater and it's looking at someone who's like deep in and you just know that the person's hopeless. Like the sea beast wanted to eat you. That's it. You're underwater and you're trying to swim away and you don't have the chance. So that's a really cool shot. There's some of like, just for the scale of the big red of the beast is insane. Like you realize this thing is it's Godzilla. It's nuts. Um, It's also, I mean, this movie's pirate vibes. They're sea, they're monster hunters on the sea. So if you like um, any pirate movie, it's going to have similar. They're all the same, you know. Um, it's not bad. It's not going to win. It's not going to happen. We'll talk about who we, what our picks are. This ain't it, bro. It's not going to win. Uh, it's not a bad movie. But, yeah. And I, and I would encourage people with kids to watch it. But this is not like Pinocchio where adults can watch it without kids. It's not that good. Um, the last one on this list is Turning Red. I feel like this movie this came one, out a million years ago. I know, right? Um, but I think it came out in like April or March or something like that. Um, of 2022, obviously, audience. You're yes. Smart, yeah. Um, um, uh, this is definitely my favorite Pixar movie of recent years. Yeah. And, you know, we've discussed ad nauseum at how Pixar movies have kind of been a hit or miss for us recently. Uh, but Turning Red, you know, that one was a hit. It was a soft hit for me, but a hit nonetheless. Um, I think the vibes are really cool. 
um, going for like an early 2000s vibe is not something we see very often. Like you would think that as more filmmakers like break into the industry, we'd see that like early 2000s vibe a little more often, but we really don't. So it was cool to see that aspect um, in Turning Red. Um, I also just think it does a really good job at telling like a genuinely adolescent story without yes. like shaming them for being teenagers. It's like, hey, this is how teenagers are, and that's okay because you're teenagers. Yeah, dude, this movie was I liked this movie a lot. And like I liked most of the movie. That they had like um I would compare it to Spider uh, into the Spider-Verse. Like level of I've never seen that done in animation before. It was like an aesthetic, the way they cut to scenes, character reactions. Like it was all like, oh, I've never seen that before. It was like anime, yeah. but not done in the anime style. Yeah, one of these days we're gonna find another movie that we can compare to that's not into the Spider Verse when it comes to cool things done in animation. Like <laughs> Into the Spider Verse really broke ground, well, and I, would I say feel Into the Spider Verse. I- is like it's like a movie of Marvel that's like comic book esque. This is like a movie Pixar that's like anime esque, and it's just like stuff I haven't seen before. And it's freaking sick, bro. And like I related with the character the whole time. Like I get that it's like angsty teenager vibes, but also all the main characters are female and they're all teenagers, which, and I'm neither one of those, and I've never been one of them. And then like they are, well, you were a teenager at one point. Yeah, you're right, Craig. <laughs> and then um, I really loved like the parent dynamic and they, in, they like the father became a big part. Cause a lot of times in Pixar movies, usually one of the parents gets killed off like real early so we can focus on one relationship um, or there's no parents at all. But like both parents had a part in the story, different parts, but like they both had a part and I thought that was really cool. And then, I mean, they, they spent time with the dynamics at school and they spent time on like the boy band. They did not have to hire Billie Eilish and Phineas to write the music. They didn't have to do that, but they did. And it works, bro. The, it, the song is so catchy. Um, so I think this movie was done really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie for me sits comfortably at third in this list of animated movies for me. Um, I would, I would be surprised if this movie won this year. I think in any other year, this movie would have a fighting chance, but I think its competitors are just way too strong. I I think I would be surprised if Turning Red walked out the victor this year. If Vegas released odds, and I'm Googling right now to see if they did, I bet you Pinocchio's the favorite. Uh, Yes, I think so too. Um. Also, because Guillermo del Toro is a very, like, Academy guy. Like, the Academy loves him. Uh, So, I would not be surprised if he won this time around, simply because it's one of his movies. Um, So, personally, walking away from the animated section. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's only for Best Picture, so we'll cover that next time. This is insane. Okay, we'll definitely talk about this when we get to Best Picture. Um, Yeah, I expect Pinocchio to win. I will be equally satisfied if the last wish, if uh, Puss in Boots wins, and then I would be genuinely surprised if any of the other three won. I would be upset if CV's won. I will tell you that. 
I enjoyed the movie. If that's the standard we're playing by, I'm going to say someone bribed. There's some tomfoolery going on. Um, okay, let's move on to the best picture live action ones. Right. Um, first one is All Quiet on the Western Front. I DNF this movie so hard and unapologetically. Um, hey, w- if you want to watch a two and a half hour movie about how war sucks, here you go, man. Yeah, dude, this movie was rough. Like, it was real, real. Also, it's in German. And I it's, every time this happens, Netflix does this more than everybody else. I gotta, like, double check to make sure I have the right language uh, when I click the movie. And I have to, like, triple check to be like, is it gonna be in German the whole time? Like, I mean, you could have... I'm gonna say, if you are hesitant to watch this movie, watch it in English. And just remember that they're German. I think I think that would probably be the smartest move. Because... This movie is dark. This movie is like it's just it's a bleak movie. Um I mean, there are very few war movies that aren't bleak in one way or another, but I think that the purpose of this movie is to be like war is sucks and, you know, it sucks for everybody involved and I'm like, "Cool. I don't like watching that." Yeah, you definitely get the feeling of like we have to remind you that none of this is fun. None of this is cool. This is not something you wanted to be a part of. We're going to make it hard to watch in some points. And they did that very well. They did that very yeah. well. And so, like, I think the actors did a fine job. I think, you know, the cinematography is really cool. The The moments that they choose to show, like, very early on, the tone gets set very quickly. Because, like, I think the shot that really does it for me, that really did it for me, was when their trench gets submerged in water and they're using their helmets to like scoop it out as more rain is falling down. I'm like, all right, so this is just the whole movie then, isn't it? Also like you get, you get introduced to like the main character and then a bunch of his friends real early. They're just killing everybody. Just killing people left and right. Be like 30 minutes in the movie. Yeah, man, we're just going to kill your friends. And then we're going to be like, Hey, this is war keep it moving you have like 30 seconds to mourn now get back to work we just got bombed that's insane bro so um i would be surprised if this movie won above everything else that's on the list um i would not be surprised if this movie won it's i mean it is gorgeous the cinematography in this movie here's the thing um this movie an eight and uh it was 1812 1912 1914? I was going to get to it eventually. It's just a combination of numbers. This movie has kind of those vibes, which is why I was kind of excited to watch this. It's similar, but different. Like, this movie's darker than that. Um, also, this movie has like a little too much. It's like more realistic in the fact that in that one, even though it's based off a true story, your brain still goes, hey man, there's two people going to deliver a message. That's pretty crazy. In this, they're like, no, you got an army and most of the people that are around you are going to die. And it just like, it's just harder to watch because all the act, like, it's just nuts. And I didn't even watch this movie all the way through. I think it would be, I'm going to go back and watch it all the way through. It is a little long, just a little bit. It's two hours and 30 minutes. Um, And it's war, I'm pretty sure, the whole way through. If I got like 45 minutes in, hour in, it's war, dude. Just war, war, war. I wouldn't look for too much plot development. I think it's just like a war movie. Also, I just want to say, since you brought it up, 
just off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure seven of the ten of the Best Picture nominees are two and a half plus hours. Um, it's, stop it. It's insane. We need to stop doing that. Because I think people like a chance to like stretch their legs and like, let me show you what I can do. Hey, man, it doesn't matter. That doesn't make it a good movie. I love long movies, but half of these movies overstayed their welcome. Yeah. Um, Avatar, Way of Water, I th- I would oh, be... The third best-selling movie of all time in the box office. Yeah. Um, this movie's gorgeous, yeah. right? Yeah. And I expect it to win um, all of like, the editing and effects and Makeup, all of like, the costume, technical awards. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as like a best picture nominee goes, I think this is where we start getting into the, it was nominated as an honorable mention type deals where, uh, yeah, let's not forget. Those, this movie did some really cool things, but it's not best picture because best picture is not the most popular movie. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know what best picture is. I'm just used to what wins <laughs> and this is not the movie that wins. And so let's not forget, I walked away from 2022 putting this movie in my top five list for the year. And I'm willing to recognize that like a lot of what I like about this movie does not usually coincide with what goes into a best picture winner. Um, I think this movie is cheesy. It's as subtle as a jackhammer. It's um, and, and like it's very like it's like it's just like a modern action movie and that's okay it's just modern action movies just don't win best picture i think the the story is like paper thin the lore is the best part about this movie like the actual stuff that happens i couldn't care less but the lore that surrounds this movie i am genuinely interested in so if they're just gonna nominate way of water i would just like an asterisk that's like avatar but like the universe it takes place in. Yeah, because it got nominated for Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Production Design, and then Best Picture of the Year. It might win those other three. There's no way it wins Best Picture. And yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, I saw the first one recently with plans to see this one because everyone says it's great and it is the top, like, number three. Um, so people love it. I'm going to watch it. Um, it's just, like, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. It's a little too mainstream to win. The Banshees of Inisherin is one of the three movies that I'm anticipating winning Best Picture. Um, I yes. talked about this on the podcast in November, I think it was. Um, a quick recap of this is it's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. They're on a small Irish island together. They've been friends for decades. And then all of a sudden, Brendan Gleeson's like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And the movie is about Colin Farrell trying to figure out why and trying to win his friend back. And this, this movie's, movie's nuts. This movie's strongest suit is its script. The script for this movie is, like, I would read this script as, like, genuine, like, entertainment. It's a, yeah, it's like a novel, bro. It's also because it takes you a little bit to figure out what this movie's about. Because when they introduce, like, I don't want to be your friend anymore, he goes, Why? He goes, I just don't like you anymore. He's like, What? He goes, I just don't like you. He goes, Is there anything I did? He goes, No, you didn't do anything wrong. I just don't like you anymore. And then you get a little bit more. You're like, People are like, Why don't you like him? He goes, Because he's dull. He's boring. He talked about poop for two hours the other night and I listened to him. It was horrible. And then it gives him a little bit more. He goes, Well, I'm dying. 
And I want people to remember me for something. And I'm not going to get there if I just keep talking to this guy for hours. And then it just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating. And dude, the, everyone in this movie is good. Every single yeah. actor is good. That does not happen often. And I think almost every single one of them that has like a semi-significant part got nominated. It's insane. Um, This movie is also the funniest on the list, I think. Um, um, this movie is like it's, purposefully it's definitely com- one or two. Yeah, this movie is purposefully a comedy, and um, I think it's funny in ways that I didn't expect it to be. It's it's a, I mean like it's a very I mean like it's Irish humor, so like some of it you know blends well. Some of it is like all right, that's a joke for people that aren't me. Um, and you kind of have to accept that going into it. Um. But dude, I think oh, dude, above all else nominated for nine different things. Yeah. And I think nine. that's maybe a bit absurd. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, mean, I personally, so you said, yeah, it's a comedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there are some funny, parts. it is like you said, Irish humor and it took me a while to warm up to it. But then once I got yeah. used to it, bro, I was there the whole time. It's definitely a snowball effect. Yeah. I definitely felt like there were scenes that were in there that once you realize we're going to sit in this for a little bit, they got funnier. And then the further yeah. along you get, you're like, it's just like doubling down on stuff. And like, this is crazy. Um, However, like if you don't like the first 20 minutes of this movie, it's the same movie. It's just more well, of that movie. Here's it, what I'm There's definitely say. a part where it twists, where yes. the, the ultimatum start say, going out. Yeah. There's going to be a moment and you'll know what that moment is when it happens. If that unsettles you to a point of no return, then don't return. Well, I don't think the thing is, I don't like asking people to make it past the first act to find out if a movie's good. Cause that's, I mean like, Hey, it's a two hour movie. Get 45 minutes in. If that's too much, you're not going to like it. That's too much. I'm going to say like, you're going to have to just decide in the beginning, get 20 minutes in and decide whether or not you want to see what happens. Um, cause it gets more serious, like it escalates, but it's still the same movie. Like Colin Farrell's character is the same dude at the beginning of the movie as he is at the end. Kind of a little bit. There's an arc for sure, but he's the same guy. It dude, this movie's, yeah, I'm starting to know more that I'm talking about, it, the more I like it. It's not an easy watch. Yes, I want to watch it again, actually, because I remember giving it a pretty lukewarm review. And again, the more that I've thought about it, the more I think I would enjoy it on a second watch through. I want to watch it with people who haven't watched it so I can see their reactions to stuff. Yeah. I don't want to watch this by myself. I already did that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elvis is a musician biopic. Yep. Can we move on? This. Okay. And here's the thing. It does all the good things that musician biopics do. They get a cast of a person who looks very similar to the actor. The main dude, the very similar to the musician, I mean. And that person is going to do their part very well. This happens in Bohemian Rhapsody. This happens in Walk the Line. This happens in Ray. That person usually does their part very well. And then usually that person has a significant other. And that actor usually does pretty well. Unfortunately, there's usually one like weird wild card or something weird about the movie. That like alters it. And in this, it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Who is distractingly bad. Yeah. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the script. I don't know if it's 
the makeup. I don't know if it's all of it. I don't know if it's the voiceover, but he I think, ruins I'll the movie. I'll tell you what it is. I think it's specifically the accent. Yeah, um, dude. Because he, he plays a character that has, from what I understand, like a very Dutch accent, and it's a very Dutch character. Um, and there's something about Tom Hanks's performance of it that just like doesn't vibe. Like it's uncomfortable to watch. Him and Austin Butler have like no chemistry together and it definitely feels like it's not austin butler's fault well i forgot austin butler's austin butler he looks like elvis every time you see tom hanks it seems like he's doing like an snl like he's making like he's making fun of this movie it's it's like a spoof it doesn't feel normal there's the like you said the chemistry is just not there you cannot believe these people are existing in the same universe and definitely not like interacting with each other yeah and um this is one of those things where i'm pretty sure you know obviously the presley estate was pretty heavily involved in this process and i think it shows to a negative effect where i think we this movie brushes over a lot of pretty integral controversial elvis facts like hey the fact that Priscilla's like fourteen, we're we we as an audience are forced to come forced to be cool with that fact really quickly. Well, they also don't address it at all. It's not addressed because they say that he met a woman when he was in the army who was the daughter of like a captain general or something like that, a captain or general. Obviously, there's no such thing as a captain general, and that the age never comes up. I would have believed. So you. I literally looked at her. I'm like, she's probably like nineteen. Because he's like, when he joined, he was like in his 20s. I'm like, she's probably like 19, 20. Like the kind of age you would still be living with your parents. But she looks like the actress looks like an adult. She looks like an adult. So I had no reason to believe otherwise. Um, And then real life, this guy's gross, bro. Okay, yeah. so Priscilla in this movie, the reason she looks like our age is because she's our age. She was born in 98. Austin Butler was born in 91. It make, They look like their age in this movie. Um. Yeah, they just, uh, she doesn't look 14. Let me tell you that. Um, this is my first Baz Luhrmann movie that I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes me hesitant to watch other Baz Luhrmann movies. Because I think, and maybe it's just because it's a biopic and biopics just, it happens Wait, to all Wait, you of haven't them. seen Great Gatsby? No. That movie is a- Or Moulin Rouge. Okay, I'm telling you right now, Great Gatsby, add it to the list. Okay. You can skip everything else. Great Gatsby is his best movie. And he wrote, directed, and uh, I think that's it. I think he wrote and directed it. That's the movie. Um, But this movie is just bloated. I think there are some cool styling choices done with the editing, but that's as far as it goes. I think, I mean, I want to say the makeup was good because Elvis looked great. But then you look over at Tom Hanks and you're like, okay, we can't give it to him. And you want to say the costumes, are, I mean, the costumes are pretty good, I would say. And the sets are yeah. pretty dope with the stages and all that this stuff. This is a bias that I have personally where I care less about the costumes when it's just n- normal clothes. Period pieces. Yeah. Historical yeah. stuff. And so we can, this is going to be like an easy transition where, I, I mean, I think the costuming and everything everywhere blows the costuming of almost all the other movies out of the water like the jobu tabaki costumes alone like 
deserve yeah, their own nomination. It's, che- it's I would say it's cheating though because they they can get away with that stuff because they were doing something completely different. So I'm going to talk right, real quick about costume design. It's Babylon, Black Panther, Elvis, everything else, everything everywhere all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Black Panther can get away with when it's not real. It's cheating. Now I get like I mean. It's just it's a but I'm gonna say I would even say if it's real it's cheating because then you can just get the clothes. Yeah, no, because I think people have a bias towards historical stuff, which is why Babylon got so far and Elvis got so far. But Black Panther and everything everywhere all at once. Both, I mean, like you can just make cool stuff. So I'm and gonna, that's yeah. I'll, get, I'll give it to you if either. I mean, I'm not gonna be upset with whoever gets costume design, except for Mrs. Harris because I never saw it. I think anybody else can get it and i won't care too much this movie feels like that's cheating because jojo jabaki is wearing i mean matt gala level costumes i think it's weird that you're planting a flag that this movie feels like it's cheating because it successfully made cool costumes yeah it's just one of those things that like it it's the cool costumes for one person who in the story is like experiencing multiple different worlds what i'm saying is like they could do whatever they wanted they could be as weird as they wanted and have it fit in the movie so they could have just been like that's why i think that's the charm of it i think yeah i just feel like if every other movie every other movie could have done that like let's just make a character who can wear whatever they want and then just design cool shit like let me or work backwards say we're gonna design cool shit let's find a way to put it in the movie because they could have done it for this. Now, it sounds like I'm talking the movie. And I've said shit like way more times than I've ever said on the podcast. This movie I watched for this podcast. It is now the top three all-time list for me. Yeah, this movie rules. This movie is one of the best movies I've ever seen, bro. Yeah. It's almost perfect. I'm giving it a 10 because I don't know what I would change. Yeah. But it's... I it's know what in- I would change. I okay. think I think the third act... Uh, getting into the third act is a little draggy. That scene at when after everything completely shatters and Evelyn is um loses control of her ability to go from multiverse to multiverse. Yeah, and there's like that whole section drags for a very long time, and um that whole speech that Raymond gives of like, you know, you have to learn to fight with kindness. Like that whole section I think is just like goes on for a while. And obviously it amounts to something. It's not like it's there for filler. Um, but when I give this movie, like, you know, I think this movie sits at like an eight and a half for me, you know, that's where those points come from. Now, again, a very negative start to an otherwise incredibly positive, aspect review of this movie this movie i think is a lot of the film communities shoe in for best picture if you look at the odds this movie is hands down the favorite like it's not even you could bet a thousand dollars and win a hundred bucks yeah everything else is not even close to this movie the next favorite is all quiet on the western front in case you're wondering that's number two and then banshees is three but this movie is like if it doesn't win, people are going to lose their minds, bro. This movie's incredible. Um, yeah. And so what's great about this movie is so when I brought this movie last year when I saw it, you were initially uh you initially bounced off of my description of the movie because, you know, I 
it's a it's a multiverse movie yeah. and you know it came out in a time where we had gotten a lot of multiverse movies at once but the thing that's great about this movie is it takes a concept that we now as an audience are very familiar with and i think it doesn't reinvent the wheel but it does something different with it and it, it the the big thing to walk away from this movie is like all the choices that you make in your life matter. And even the ones that you don't think do, like even if you think that your life right now is like boring and bad, like it might not be compared to all the other stuff that you, that could have happened to you. Right. This movie is, I don't, dude, I don't even want to talk about it too much because I want people to see it and I don't want to spoil anything. This movie's freaking amazing, and you should watch yeah. it. Yeah. If I don't give it a ten, I'm giving it a nine and a half. It's like it's, dude. I don't. It's it might be my favorite movie. I think it's gonna be. I think I'm dethroning Tenant because the wild wow. amount of wild looks and defending I've had to do for that movie is not worth <laughs> me calling it my favorite anymore. It's not. It's not worth it. Uh, I expect this movie to sweep most things. Um, actor in a supporting role, actress in a leading role. Um. I think uh, actress in supporting actress... role is gonna be Banshees. Actually, okay. I just made that. That's wild. Never mind. I just remembered who would be nominated for this. She, she did an amazing job too. So I take that back. So this is kind of the linchpin of where a lot of people um, are kind of walking on glass here, or walking on eggshells rather, because both Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue are nominated for actress in a supporting role, specifically for this movie. Stephanie Sue and murdered it. Absolutely, I and I think, and she deserves to win. A lot of people are like kind of worried that Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna get it because she's a legacy actress, and it's more, and that she would win it more for the fact that she deserves it. She would get it more as like a lifetime achievement award rather than like a, you didn't get it for all the other movies award. you did, and since you're nominated, you should get it for this. She doesn't. Yeah, I don't think she's going to get it. But I mean, this movie is nominated for best original screenplay. This movie's nominated for. Best achievement in music written for motion pictures. This movie's best achievement for music written for motion Editing pictures is original song. So original, you have original score and original song. You have motion picture of the year, obviously. Directing, leading role, two actresses in supporting role, one actor in a supporting role, costume design, and film editing. Yeah, That's so th- I think I think this movie's gonna sweep the acting, the editing. And best picture. I think I think it'll leave some room. I think it'll it'll probably win like five or six. I don't think it's gonna win. I think like what all this misses 11. on misses on acting. Banshees is gonna pick up. I think the two of them yes. are gonna just dominate. Well, acting. I'll circle back to that at the very end. Okay. Um. So next we have the Fablemans. This was Didn't also in my it. top five for 2022. Okay. Um. I. Still like this movie a lot. I understand that this is the most cookie cutter movie on this list. Um, It's very like, maybe this is too blue of a phrase for me to say. It's very cinematically masturbatory where like, it's a movie about movies. It's a movie about people that love movies. It's a movie about how movies influence people's lives. And you know what? I'm a sucker for it. I ate it right up, and I understand that. Um, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are both fantastic in this movie. I like Paul Dano more in this movie than I did Batman. Um, Whoa. 
this might be my favorite Spielberg movie. Um, and the things that I liked about this movie walking away from it is we see relationships at a scale that we don't normally see. And the thing that I, I keep pointing at is how when you're in a family, your family is going to do things to upset you and you can forgive them, but not forget about it. And I think that that's what this movie does very well, where kind of everybody in this family burns everybody else in one way or another. And it's about like diffusing that tension and learning how to still love each other as a family. Even if the family dynamic dissolves at some point, like respecting that mother and child relationship was uh, really cool to watch. And also just like using movies as like a form of escapism is, you know, again, something that I'm going to eat up every time. So I don't think that this movie brings anything new to the table per se, but I enjoyed it enough to where I'm not upset with this movie being on the list. If this is nominated purely for an honorable mention, I'm cool with that. All right. Sweet. Sounds good to me, man. I mean, it's Spielberg, so he was going to get on the list. Tar is the movie that I think I missed the point on. And we were talking beforehand and you DNF'd this movie, right? Yeah, I made it. I couldn't make it through the opening interview. Also, yeah, that, okay. you're going to have to deal with freaking nine minutes of credits in the beginning of this movie. It's not nine minutes. Yeah. It's too long and it's on a black screen and it's white text. What's wild is if you didn't make it out of the interview, that's crazy because the interview is like 10, 15 minutes long. And then she does a master class that's also 10 or 15 minutes long. So the first 30 minutes of this movie is just like following the interview and master class of just like a normal conductor, like a famous yeah. conductor. But like, you know, I know this conductor as well as I would know a genuinely real life conductor. I um I was so concerned about this movie. I started looking up reviews. It's all like this movie's amazing, but you're gonna have to get through the first part. This movie's amazing. It's a ma- it's like a masterclass in conducting in the classical world. But what they also you can read in between the lines for all of these. If you don't care about classical music, or if you're not interested in it, or you don't know much about it, most of it's gonna go over your head. But everyone who's in that world is like, oh my gosh, she's re- she's referencing real people and she's talking about the history. And I'm like, this movie is by far the most pretentious thing on this freaking list. Yeah. It's so disgusting. The things that I've been seeing in terms of the praise for this movie is Todd Field's direction and Kate Blanchett's acting. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say Kate Blanchett did a bad job in this movie. I just think I disagree with this movie at such a fundamental level that it would be unfair for me to judge her performance. In it. <laughs> nice. That's a dunk on um, this movie. <laughs> uh, I th- The point of this movie is that this movie eventually turns into almost a psychological thriller. And the movie is supposed to be about Lydia Tarr's past sins catching up with her. Affairs with students, cheating people out of jobs... Uh, the cutthroat industry that she works in, all of these scandals are catching up to her. And she's figuratively, and I'm pretty sure at some point literally, seeing ghosts over her shoulder. And 
the movie is supposed to be this descent into madness almost. But there's only like one scene that I really feel like we get to see Lydia's genuine descent expressed. A lot of it is internalized. A lot of it is this like showed and not told type deal, which again is how you're supposed to make movies. But sometimes if you go a little more abstract, it's nice to clue me in every now and then now and again, <laughs> I would appreciate it. Um, so I think that th- I am willing to come to the table and say this movie and I just aren't meant to be together. And the people that get it, I'm happy that they were able to get an experience out of it. I saw this in theaters. This movie's three hours long and I was ready for it to be over at like minute 45. Once the novelty of her being a conductor and I understood what that meant. Once that wore off, I stopped caring and that's on me. And I understand that. Um, but that's where I'm coming at with this movie. I, would not be surprised if this movie won a lot of things that I disagree with. Yeah, this if you look, audience, read the reviews. Half of them are 9 out of 10, this is a masterpiece. The other half is like, I just don't freaking get it. And this is like whiplash, but gross. This movie is just trash. I couldn't get through it. And then, the, uh, and then you jump back to the 10s and they're like, you got to make it through the first 50 minutes and it gets so much better. Just power through, it gets better. This is tapping into something that's never been discussed in cinema before. And I'm like, this is gross. It feels pretentious while you're watching it. The whole time I'm sitting there like, how much longer is this going to go on? Like you're painfully aware of how long things are happening. You're painfully aware how long the credits are going. You're painfully aware of how long these interview scenes are going. And that's when I tapped out and I decided to watch a better movie. Um, Do we need to rehash anything about Top Gun? We've talked about this movie like three times. We've talked about it a lot. It's a great top gun movie it's americana bottled up it's what americans it's an american circle jerk is what it is yeah and the last 45 minutes saved the entire movie this movie was nominated in the same way i believe that avatar was nominated it was too big of a pop culture phenomenon to not recognize it and yeah. that's what i think this nomination is it yeah. might win some like cinematography or um like editing, you know, like practical sound effects, design, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sound design specifically. Um, so that's where it might win, but best picture, I, that's a long shot. I'd be surprised. Right. Um, Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> this movie, bro. It's on Hulu. So this movie, it's on Hulu. Um, th- this is one of those movies that I think tried too hard to make a point. This movie is about the difference in economic class and how people are treated um you know based on how much money they have the the crux of this movie takes place on this very luxurious cruise ship and how the guests of the cruise ship treat the staff there and how the staff are like effectively like the slaves of the guests there and like if you've ever worked a customer service job before even if it's just for regular people you will get some sort of catharsis from watching this movie because it genuine it, it has a few good moments of that like I don't want to say it pits the working class effectively against the one percent, but the tension is there. And if you've ever 
worked a service job before like you understand where the working class people are coming from 100 percent of the time in this movie the problem is you have to get pretty far into the movie for that to happen this movie starts with a 20 minute scene of a couple arguing about the check at a restaurant yep and they're going to continue arguing about the check in like three different locations so when you think it's done it's not done also it starts just like in a male model casting agency, like a casting call, which I thought was very interesting. I thought it was very cool. I'd never seen it before. And then you, they argue over the check for 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, maybe this movie is not for me. I'm going to tread a little bit into spoilers, but like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, the ship gets attacked by pirates. The boat sinks. And then our main like eight characters get stranded on an island. And so the rest of the movie, the third act is them surviving on the island and how like class power changes when environment and circumstances changes. Well, However, also, the main characters from the beginning of the movie are both models, just so you know. Yes, yeah, filthy rich models. Yeah, they're yeah. not, you know, we're not really rooting for them. Yeah. Um, Them on the island is an hour of the movie. Like, it, it just bo it boggled my mind where I'm like, okay, so, you know, we're going to explore some fun themes. It'll take 20, 30 minutes. We'll wrap up the movie. And then I see how long it is. And like, oh, we have like an hour and five minutes left in this movie. What is going on here? Um, so I just think the biggest thing that shoots this movie in the foot is the pacing of this movie. Holy crap. I could, I could cut this movie down to like 90 minutes. And tell effectively the same story. Um, yeah. Who and is this movie this, for, bro? <laughs> I don't know. Because I, 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 here's, here's who it's for. It's for mildly wealthy people who can empathize with the working class and distance themselves enough from the 1% to say, I don't act like that. Well, because they think they're like, listen, I worked in the service industry before I got rich and famous and now I have millions of dollars. But at least I'm not Jeff Bezos. Yeah. I'm like, no, but you're still um, these guys. <laughs> you're still you're still these guys. And uh Woody Harrelson is kind of the saving grace for this movie. It takes a long time He's to see him too. He's only in it for 15 minutes. Yeah. Dude, I'm still haven't seen him yet and I'm 45 50 minutes in the movie. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Um so at the end of the day, I just like I was wildly disappointed by this movie. Um, if you do watch this movie, I'm going to give a big old warning. If you do not like vomit, there is a section in the middle that you should just go ahead and skip. It's about 15 minutes and you'll know when it's coming up. They uh, they, they allude to it pretty intensely and you can just use that viewfinder until they stop doing it. Um, um, this movie got nominated for three Oscars and it's not winning any of them. Yeah, it's not. Winning I agree. Them. But. It's nice uh, that they got nominated. Now everyone can say that they yeah. were Oscar nominated. Uh, the last movie that is on the best picture list is Women Talking. I This is the movie that was kind of my surprise hit for me. Um, this movie is about um, this group of women in a uh, religious colony in like 2010. So they live, uh, they live like colonial Americans, but it's 2010. Like, the most advanced oh, technology weird. they have is, like, antibiotics. <laughs> nice. And the movie starts with this explanation of there are these men in the colony that have been routinely, actively, and purposefully 
drugging and sexually assaulting almost all of the women in the colony. They finally, these men finally got arrested and the other men of the colony instantly bailed them out of jail. And Mm -hmm. they have two days before the men come back and the women spend these two days deciding, do we put up with this? Do we understand that this is our lives and this is just how we're supposed to live? Do we stay here and fight and say that this is not how we deserve to be treated? Or do we leave and leave our family and our possessions and the only life that we've known? Do we leave that all behind? And so this movie's biggest strength is that it's not two and a half hours. It is only an hour 45 and it takes place in like two locations. Most of this movie is gang, get this women talking, but (laughs) the dialogue is written in such a way where like I am engaged with a lot of what they're saying. Um, Rooney Mara and Claire Foy, like knock it out of the park. Francis McDormand is also very good. Um, This is a very acting heavy movie. Like, this is a movie that people will look back in the future and be like, this is a career highlight for a lot of these actresses. Um, I think that it was worth my time. It was worth the money that I spent renting it. Um, It's very quotable. I think that there's lots of, like, single lines of dialogue that these women say that kind of sum up the whole, like, female experience, especially in an incredibly patriarchal society that they lived in. Um, and so I don't expect this movie to win anything, but it was one of those movies that I'm glad got nominated because if it wasn't, then I probably wouldn't have watched it. And I think that this movie was worth my time. So if you had to pick a one, two favorite favorite for the thing, and then maybe a, a, a number two for I mean, Best like, Picture. everything everywhere, I think definitely is the most yeah. likely to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, yeah, I think Banshees is the close second, the easy close second. Yeah, I think so, too. I would be crazy impressed by a lot of these movies because there's d- some that are definitely not winning. Triangle's definitely not winning. Women, women Talking is definitely not winning. Um, and I want to say Tar is definitely not winning. Top Gun and all Top Gun, All Quiet. Oh, I mean, Elvis is not going to win either, right? Right? No. People are too, no. people would, you know, blow the place up. Top Gun and Avatar, I think, are big enough movies that they might just be like, hey, we're going to pick the favorite that everybody likes so you guys can start watching the Oscars again. But I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I think it's everything all at once, and then the Banshees is number two. All right, we can um, breathe through l- some l- of these big categories if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I personally would love to see Brendan Fraser win Best you, Actor. You're such a fan of the underdog comeback story. He's already like, got his flowers, bro. I just, I really, the whale is it, like the whale was the movie to crack my top five of all time list from last year, and it's almost entirely because of Brendan Fraser. Um, I think that he is nominated as an honorable mention. I don't expect him to win. I think Austin Butler kind of has it in the bag. Um. If not him, then Colin Farrell for sure. I'm gonna say I'm I'm reversed of you. I really want Colin Farrell to win. If not, I think Austin Butler he he killed it. He did such a good job. Um, f- actor in a supporting role. Um, Kihei Kwan I think's got it pretty locked down. 
Um, if not him, then again, you know, we land on the Banshees with Brendan Gleeson. So I don't know about Kihikwan because I liked him in it. I don't know if he did the amount of like, I mean, Brendan Gleeson is the, he's like, this movie doesn't exist without him. So I think he's kind of got it in the bag. I think, I think if you look at what Kihei Kwan did in terms of like all of, I'm going to use this term because that's, you know, the term that Marvel has given us. If you look at all the variants that Kihei Kwan did, I really think that like, if you look at, you know, the suave version of himself versus the nerdy dad version of himself, I think that he had the best opportunity to show his range in everything everywhere so that's why as far as range he's got it i think barry does it as far as like the quality of the performance and like how much acting he is doing i think barry this is where you and i disagree and again i hate being this like negative but like barry keegan and i just like we do not click the worst parts of banshees were the parts where he was on screen no i loved it every time he was on screen i'm like I know this person is not this guy in real life, but he's doing an amazing... Same thing with Colin Farrell. I'm like, I know these guys are not like this in real life. I've watched interviews. I'm convinced that these people are real. So but, uh, there's also an element of like convincing me that it's real, sure, but also creating a character that makes me want to be... Makes me want to root for that character. I think a lot of that comes down to writing, though. I don't know how much that is acting. I mean, it's like you're just doing the writing in real life but i don't know how much credit we can give to them and just like hey dude that was amazing writing you made their dialogue sound believable you put them in situations that was awesome so i don't i don't know about that i think i think it really comes down to it could be either or and i think that in specifically yeah. the case of banshees like the i i would i would attribute very little of the flaws of this movie to how it was written okay actress in a so, leading, but anyway actress in a leading yeah. role Michelle Yeoh, right? Uh, yes. Obviously. Yeah. She murdered it. I'm not, I'm glad Ana de Armas got nominated and I'm glad Blonde didn't get touched besides her. I'm glad they're sure. just like, hey, just so you know, she's the, she did was the best part of this movie and nothing else was good. I'm glad that happened. And if people aren't reading between the lines, then they should because that's exactly what happens. Um, actress in a supporting role. I would love to see Stephanie Sue. What, was Angela Bassett in enough of Black Panther to get nominated dude spoiler alert big spoiler alert people need to stop getting nominated for freaking death scenes it's annoying (laughs) it's she was she did a good job i'm glad she got nominated because angela bessette is a great actress and in this movie she does a good enough job if stephanie if stephanie sue doesn't get it i'm gonna be a little i'm gonna be salty yeah because she did an Um, amazing job I'm going to skip down to cinematography. All Quiet is the only one that I've seen on here that I think deserves it. Everything yeah. else on here is just kind of like, you know. I'm kind of upset I don't that go... there, there's like, I feel like there was also a couple other ones that were good that didn't make this. So I'll, I'll give it to All Quiet, but I mean, I feel like quite a few people got snubbed. Um, costume design, I'd love to see go to everything everywhere. I'd understand if... I, I'm glad Black Panther got Panther. Black Panther got nominated. Um, I'm glad they got nominated. I wouldn't be upset if they. I want it to be, be. I want it to be between Black Panther and everything. So either one, I'll, I'll be okay with. Yeah. Um. Directing. 
This one's a little. This one could be almost anything for me. Yeah, I'm cool um, with any of them except for except for. I mean, actually, I'm not Triangle of Sadness. I haven't watched the bad part of the movie yet. I guess so. I'm a little hesitant, but I w- I think this is a toss up. Yeah, Banshees, everything, and Fablemans are all very likely contenders, and I'd be cool with any of them. Okay, we're gonna skip um, over documentaries. Yeah, film editing. Uh, everything everywhere. Obviously, I think just for like the split dimensions alone, easy peasy makeup and hairstyling. Ooh, I guess, I guess for film editing, I will say if they don't win, I want Top Gun to win. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm cool with that. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. I wouldn't mind seeing that go to the Batman. If I'm being honest, dude, you and me both. I think Black Panther for hair. The makeup was all right. Oh, Never mind. I just forgot there was a whole nother world in Black Panther and they did their hair and makeup as well. So I think <laughs> I think Black okay, Panther fair. or the Batman. I'm kind of hoping Black Panther wins costume and makeup, but that's not going to happen. Um, original sc- music for the original score. Um, I like to I, I, I kind of like the music in Babylon. Looking at all the options here, I wouldn't be say, I wouldn't be upset if uh, Babylon got best original score. OK, Um, original song. I'm gonna go lift me up. I don't. Re- I don't remember any of the other songs. <laughs> yeah, and I watched RRR enough to get to that original song. Um, and it's fun. It's very musical theatery. Um, but yeah, none of these songs really like made a big impression on me. So I'm cool. Yeah, with lift what me up was pretty got. good. I listened to it a few times. Sound design, Top Gun. We talked about this. Yeah. Visual effects, Avatar. We, I think makes the most sense. Writing a wait a adapted- how did okay visual effects obviously it should be Avatar obviously and to be honest Batman should have been cine- cinematography and the, it got snubbed it by have, not yes. being in there Avatar should win how did everything everywhere not get nominated for this were they just like hey we can't give them twelve we got to <laughs> cut it at eleven um, that's ridiculous uh, uh, what do you think for writing uh, adapted screenplay um, looking at these options here I'm not impressed with any of them. I'm really yeah, mad. I mean, I think honestly, like women talking, I wouldn't be upset if it won writing for that. Okay. Um, writing for original screenplay. I mean the the dialogue in Banshees is incredible. Yes, I think that writing for original screenplay, like like I said, that script could be a novel. So I'm I am cool. I would pick banshees for best original screenplay dude i I feel like i'm giving banshees a lot of love when to be to be really honest with you it's a seven and a half movie yeah (laughs) it's a seven and a half movie i felt the same way it's a good movie it just does some things very very well yeah but i probably am only gonna watch it one more time in the next rest of my life (laughs) and i'm gonna watch everything Um, all at once later this month but yeah uh i never watch the oscars i'm usually at work so i'm sure i'll be looking at updates as the night goes on do you have any big Um, snubs that you wish would get nominated for something movies you um, enjoyed that you just like how didn't this not get hit for anything i mean seeing aronofsky getting nominated for director would have been nice yeah uh for the whale um but i you know i can stop uh you know, I, I've kind of been, you know, giving that movie a good time for a little while now. Um, I am a little salty. Batman didn't get nominated for cinematography and that we brought that up a little earlier. 
Also, yes. there's an animated movie called Lucky that was on Apple TV Plus, and it didn't get nominated, and that should have been. It was pretty freaking good, dude. Also, the menu didn't get any love. Yeah, like, I didn't even see like, it. If it was, but it um, didn't get any love. The only thing that I think would have gotten a nomination would have been Anya Taylor Joy. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, Intergalactic should have been on animated list instead of um, Sea Beast. Um, Intergalactic yeah. was a really fun movie. I would I would have liked to have seen that on there. Uh, but other than that, not really. I think most of this makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm kind of cool with where we're sitting at right now. Okay, right. And now we just got to hope that they don't mess this up. Yeah, absolutely. And if they do, mess it up in the areas I don't care about. Like, mess <laughs> up adapted screenplay, okay? You mess that up. I don't care. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, it was very, it's always fun to watch all the Oscar movies because they're usually movies that I don't see regularly. Um, so it's nice to like expand the palette, um, and go out of my way to watch new kinds of movies. Yeah. It's also tricky because, um, uh, we're only going to talk to it to each other because no one else has seen half of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go to work talking about tar and triang- triangle of sadness and no one's going to have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, this was fun. Uh, I can't wait to do it again next year. Until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See ya, bye. Uh, deuces. Deuces.